everybody. Welcome to the Basis Points Podcast. I'm Kevin Flanagan, Head of Fixed Income Strategy at Wisdom Tree Asset Management. And we're excited today to have with us as a guest, Chris Aceto, Chief Executive Officer and Chief Investment Officer at Gapstow Capital Partners. Chris, welcome aboard. It's great to have you. Kevin, thank you. Great to be here. What we wanted to talk about today on, on this podcast is we're really excited. It's been a, obviously an income challenged environment. And Wisdom Tree, we just launched our Wisdom Tree Alternative Income Fund, ticker HYIN. And, and this is based off of what's known as the Gap Style Liquid Alternative Credit Index, otherwise known as GLACI which Chris and his team obviously are the experts on and who we partnered with. So we wanted to get Chris on the podcast to to provide some insights and, and hopefully educate the listener to this space and to see some of the advantages, obviously, in this historically low rate environment. So, Chris, what I wanted to do is really just get through, you know, the three basic questions here. You know, what is alternative credit? Why now and how does it fit in a portfolio? So let's start off with the first question. Give our listeners a, a sense, what actually is alternative credit? Great, Kevin, thanks. Um, so we define alternative credit, first of all, credits in the name, so it's debt. And we would include alternative credit as debt and debt-based investments that carry a higher risk return yield profile than traditional um, investment grade. Uh, opportunities. Again, it's an alternative in many ways to traditional investment grade, higher quality uh, fixed income um, investments overall. Um, within that, you 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 will find at least Gabstow likes to talk to four different sectors. There's traded credit like high yield bonds and loans, structured credit, mortgage securities, um, distressed debt, and also forms of private lending. All of those, I think, fit the definition quite nicely, which is um, debt or a debt-based structure that uh, that has that higher risk-return yield profile. So when, when you're looking at, say, the, the subset, I, I know what we call publicly traded alternative credit vehicles, you know, the, the acronym being PACS. Just give us a, a little bit of a sense. What is exactly the subset of PACS, just to, to put a nice little bow on that? Yeah, well, it's a phrase we coined, Kevin. So again, a publicly traded alternative credit vehicle, PACS, and we use that as a catchphrase um, for three unique sets of investment vehicles, business development companies, mortgage REITs, and credit-centric closed-end funds. Um, those, are, um, those are the universe which the index is built upon. We'll get into that, I'm sure, as we, we go on in the discussion. Um, all of those are, as the name implies, publicly listed. Um, that is, they can be bought and sold on a, uh, on a major exchange. And importantly, they own assets um, that are of the alternative uh, credit nature. So, for example, a business development company uh, makes loans to middle market companies um, and they own those privately issued loans on their balance sheet. That's the, that's the building block uh, behind the index and uh, that, uh, that HYIN tracks. So the you know the other question I think that comes to mind, and I know in conversations that I've had, um, there are other indices out there, um, certainly other funds, but they tend to focus more or less on say one 
or two tops of these subsets. And I think what makes the Glacy Index unique is that we're kind of spreading the wealth, shall we say, right? The, the composition yeah. is not just going to be, you know, concentrated in just one of these subset groups. Absolutely, and 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 that was purposeful. Um, we 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 think building an alternative credit portfolio um, is one in which you you bring a, a a diversification across different sectors. So so for example, um, you will find different types of borrowers within our uh, index overall. That there will be exposure ultimately to uh, debt backed by corporations. Um, other times it's exposure to households and individual consumers. And lastly, to commercial real estate sponsors. Um, why is it important to have that di diversification? Uh, because there's no single credit cycle. I mean, as much as uh, the news will speak to uh, where we are in the credit cycle, in fact, all economic actors have slightly different um, uh, credit exposure and credit worthiness at different points in time. Households different than commercial real estate differ from corporations. In fact, in the data, we see that those are not perfectly correlated and that diversification therefore brings some some quality to the index overall that that you wouldn't have if you held, say, just exposure to traded corporate debt. I, you know, I, to me, I think that's that's a very important point and and, and kind of leads me to to question number two. You know, just looking at, say, current events, um, we had within the past week, um, Treasury Secretary Yellen, which I like to say this was kind of like her mulligan at first talking about, yeah, maybe rates need to rise if the economy does get into a little bit of an overheat or to prevent an overheat. And then the next thing you know, she walks that back and we get a, a disappointing uh, on the surface headline uh, jobs report. So there's been a lot of questions about where rates are going. So I, I think the bottom line is whether they stay here, maybe move a little bit higher, we're still dealing with a historically low interest rate environment. So, you know, my, my second question to, to you would be for alternative credit, why now? Uh, you, you hit the nail on the head, Kevin, that uh, the, the, the impetus for beginning to look beyond traditional fixed income sectors is that um, the yield is so low and that yield will also correspond to a low total return as well. And so fixed income securities, which used to form a bedrock of many people's asset allocations, are, are challenged in many ways of fulfilling their traditional role of providing a lot of income um, and, uh, and, and helping diversify the, the portfolio uh, overall. Uh, uh, you know, that, that's, that's what's pushing many investors to begin to consider alternatives, hence uh, alternative credit uh, overall. That is the number one uh, reason why we're seeing such migration from uh, the institutional sector. And obviously that's one of the reasons uh, we wanted to uh, bring forward a, a product uh, based on the index on the uh, individual investor side as well. So obviously, right, the, the, the final question here is, all right, where does it fit in a portfolio? How does it fit in a portfolio? Um, I know questions are going to come. What kind of correlations are there with, with stocks? How about with interest rates? So if you could give us a, a sense there, the fit in a portfolio and the correlation, I, I, I think that would be very important. Yeah. 
Well, Kevin, I'll speak to the the pro forma track record that the index has, um, and so so um, you know take it within that that context. I, I think there there are four features of a well designed alternative credit portfolio when it comes to expected performance. The first is yield, um, and therefore um, you know the income that's being generated and the the dividend yield um, for currently. For, for the index is in the area of 8.7% per annum. So, so very high, you know, that's 400 plus basis points more than, uh, than high yield and, and certainly a lot more than investment grade. Uh, feature number two is a strong total return overall. Thirdly is a modest correlation to equities. And I think, uh, I think uh, Wisdom Tree has documented nicely uh, that, uh, you know, something in the 0. 0.6 to 0. 0.8 range over time to, to the S&P 500, um, I would call that moderate overall. And then lastly, the correlation with interest rates, um, a hallmark, I think, of a good alternative credit portfolio, that is, that's pretty small. Um, and in fact, we, we find that uh, the Glacy track record is a correlation of close to zero, sometimes even a little bit negative relative to interest rates. That is very different than what you would find in traditional fixed income. If you add that all up together, um, a, a, a glacy based product is one that can really bring diversification against equity risk, um, can play a role of uh, as a complement to or substitute for other income producing sectors. Um, and perhaps overall, uh, a bit of a, a replacement for some of someone's investment grade holdings overall. That's great. That, you know, I, I think what I'm going to do, I think Chris will will leave it there. Um, and I know we're going to get additional questions on this. I'd love to have you back um, if, if we can do maybe a little bit more of a, a, a deeper dive actually into this space, because I, I think it's, it's on the verge. It's ready to explode uh, at this stage of the game. A um, lot of questions about it. I know just reading articles myself. So Chris, I'd love to have you back on again. Once again, thank you very much. That was Chris Aceto, everybody, from Gapstow Capital Partners. Um, I hope everybody has a great rest of the week. And with that, we're going to sign off. Before investing, carefully consider a fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses contained in the prospectus available at wisdomtree.com. Read it carefully. And there are risks associated with investing, including possible loss of principal. The fund invests in alternative credit sectors through investments in underlying closed-end investment companies, CEFs, including those that have elected to be regulated as business development companies, BDCs, and real estate investment trusts, REITs. The value of a CEF can decrease due to movements in the overall financial markets. BDCs generally invest in less mature private companies, which involve greater risk than well-established publicly traded companies, and BDCs are subject to high failure rates among the companies in which they invest. By investing in REITs, the fund is exposed to the risks of owning real estate, such as decreases in real estate values, overbuilding, increased competition, and other risks related to local or general economic conditions. The fund invests in the securities included in or representative of its index regardless of their investment merit and the fund does not attempt to outperform its index or take defensive positions in declining markets. 
Please read the fund's pr prospectus for specific details regarding the fund's risk profile. Wisdom Tree funds are distributed by Foresight Fund Services, LLC, in the U.S. only. Kevin Flanagan is a registered representative of Foresight Fund Services, LLC.